Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This is a man. This is a movie. Uh, this is this is a movie. Either this movie was made for Cinephone, or the Cinephone was made for this movie. Yeah, I don't know which one it was, but let me just say I'm in. There's a lot of synergy. It's very exciting. This is going to be a three and a half hour podcast. <laughs> this is just true. There's so much. At some point, I just stopped writing quotes and just started banter. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can't, if you try to write down every single, you can't, you, you can't, can't. Possible. No. every other line of dialogue is banter, like very quintessential buddy cop banter. Do we think that they had this written for them? Do we think that they were kind of like just going with the flow and, and kind of freelancing? Like, are you asking whether the casting had them in mind when it was written or no they- I'm, I'm asking were these lines written for them or did they just kind of get to written? oh did they ad-lib yeah no there was no ad-lib man i don't think stallone can ad-lib no because i think at certain points i could see him reading cue cards in his glasses those fucking glasses <laughs> oh my god his delivery is arguably the worst we've had no come on Ooh. man yo come on Ooh. no all right we, okay we, we're all gonna, right, we gotta, all all right. right. <laughs> Your picks have been horrible, man. That's the point. That's the point of the show. Isn't, Isn't it? Isn't it? it? It's Isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuckhouse. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? <laughs> what story? <laughs> What are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all over. <laughs> 
Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper, that's Amin Hassan. that's Anthony Mays. If you have a submission for us, reminder, it needs to be 40% or less on Rotten Tomatoes for either the audience score or the critic score. Don't send us something that's like 83% and say, you gotta do this movie. That doesn't work for us. This week on Cinephobe, we watch the 1989 action comedy, Tango and Cash. Oh my goodness, Tango and Cash star in Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. Sly Stallone plays Lieutenant Raymond Tango. And at the time, Sly was coming off a future cinephobe movie, Over the Top, in 1987. He was in Rambo 3 in 1988, which I got some questions about that for this movie. And then he had Rocky V coming out in 1990. Kurt Russell plays Lieutenant Gabriel Cash. Kurt was coming off of Overboard in 1987, Tequila Sunrise in 1988, and he'd be in Backdraft in 1991. But man, this pairing, I mean, they really brought it. To be honest with you, man, like, I'm very curious about all the statistics that were going to come with this movie because I'm watching it. I could see how this would be incredibly popular during the time frame it came out, but I don't know. I'm very interested to hear kind of the details we'll we'll get to that in a second we're also getting terry hatcher in this movie who hadn't really been a hit yet yeah she had been on an episode of night court and an episode of star trek the next generation Mm -hmm. but she wasn't terry hatcher yet she was a few years away from lois and clark also terry hatcher i just realized young terry hatcher very hot but i just realized i always liked her because she reminded me of Mercer Tomei, who was my actual crush. Interesting. She reminds me of uh, Phoebe Cates. I don't know who Phoebe Cates is. Oh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Gremlins? I don't remember Gremlins. I've never watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I just know the... Two Americas. I know. I just know the very racist scene in there with the... <laughs> right? Isn't there like... There's a racist scene in that movie? <laughs> I don't know. It's a, what, like a Chinese dude, right? I think any movie in the 80s had a racist Chinese scene. <laughs> Right, I'm surprised this movie avoided it. Right, this one did it. Surprisingly, well, yeah, I, I kept waiting. I kept waiting, but they like, no, oh, they, they they walked you right up to that line and said, no, no, no. There's a deleted scene from the trailer that does oh, no. actually qualify. Oh boy. We also get Jack Palance, who was in Young Guns. He was in Batman, and he would be in City Slickers a couple years later. Oh, Curly, Curly City Slickers yeah. too. The Legend of Curly's Gold. My submission for greatest title of a movie ever. Oh, really? Greatest? Bar none. City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. There's no better movie title than that. Maybe Raiders of the Lost Ark is up there. This is a weird hill to jump onto. Do you want to disagree? I Am Legend's a pretty good title. No. Face Off? Con Air? Con Air's a phenomenal title. Two on the nose, man. Face Off, I like it. Because it like it was a face off, but also their faces come off. Snake Eyes? No, Snake Eyes, no. In order to be the best title of all time, it's got to be a little wittier slash, like, intricate than Snake Eyes. Like, mm. I don't know. Snake Eyes is pretty good. Okay. Sudden Death. Sudden Death. Double Impact. Double Team. Nowhere to Run. Hard Target. Nah. Nowhere to Run. Hard Target. No, those, those are too straightforward. What about Universal Soldier 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold? I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> we also get Breon James from Blade Runner and Fifth Element. We get James Hong from Balls of Fury, which yeah. we did on Cinephobe for Mad Dog Sports Radio and Big Trouble in Little China. Yo, James Hong has 439 credits. Yo, if you need an old Asian man, he will be in your movie. Let me tell you something. I was watching Chinatown with my dad the other day, 
great movie. Uh, you know, I've seen it a bunch of times. I hadn't seen it in a while. And James Hong is in it. And it's a young James Hong. Oh, a young James Hong. Yeah. Wow. All right. Tango and Cash, directed by actually a lot of people. But oh my God. most notably, Andre Konchalovsky, who directed Runaway Train and The Nutcracker in 3D. Albert Magnoli also gets uncredited as a director for this movie. He did Purple Rain. He did five different Prince music videos. Wow. And he also did an episode of Nash Bridges. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this movie was also written by a bunch of people, but most notably Randy Feldman, who wrote uh, the great Van Damme movie Nowhere to Run, and Metro, starring Eddie Murphy. I remember Metro. I saw Metro in the theater and thought, Eddie Murphy is back. Wow, really? I thought that about Showtime. <laughs> Over okay. two boys. <laughs> Showtime was the one where he's a cop, right? Or no, he's yeah, an with, actor. with Robert De Niro. To... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Synopsis for Tango and Cash. Framed by their ruthless arch nemesis, a mismatched LAPD crime fighting duo has to put its differences aside to even the score with the evil kingpin who put them behind bars once and for all. One, that's the longest synopsis you've Very ever had long, on this yeah. show. Two, can you be someone's arch nemesis if they don't even know who you are? Right. You've never met. You don't know the name. You don't even know his existence. Like, they didn't even know that guy existed. It's a great question. He hates them. That's enough. Let me tell you, there are parts of this movie where, and I'm not trying to make light of this, but considering the times we're in with this past week. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I felt very uncomfortable. We'll get to it. Okay. We're definitely getting into it. That is a right. major theme of this movie. Let me say before we get started, the first time I heard... Tango and Cash was the Tenacious D song, Kyle Quit the Band. Really? Couldn't split up Tango and Cash. And that's also true. This is our song of exalt and joy because we only came to kick some ass. And I'd never seen the movie before yesterday. Wow, that blows my mind. That's a classic. Tagline, two of LA's top rival cops are going to have to work together, even if it kills them. Yeah. Yeah. $55 million estimated budget, grossed $63.4 million U.S. and worldwide. Technically a hit. That's, they spent $55 million on that? I don't know if that's 55 before the extra 20 that got tacked on due to a bunch of production problems. No, it's after. So originally $35 million, but it got, it got real blown up. But it still made money. I have a number here that says... That it made up to $120 million. Whoa. All right, so I've got questions Hold about this now. Hold on a second. Now I really have serious questions. This movie clearly ends setting up that this is gonna, there's going to be a sequel and we're going to see more adventures of Tango and Cash. Why were there no sequels made? I'm guessing that's a Stallone thing. Right? <laughs> Stallone says there's a script for number two. <laughs> Stallone's written a, written a script for fucking every movie. He's got a script for Stop or My Mom Will Shoot 2, I'm sure. <laughs> Tango Cash is available on Encore, which is owned by Stars. in case you weren't aware of its ownership. You're welcome. <laughs> Tango and Cash received 30% from critics on 46 reviews, 52% from the audience on over 60,000 ratings. I mean, do you want the good or the bad reviews? Positive or negative? You know I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so give me the positives. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. Peter Canavesi of Groucho Reviews. Groucho Reviews. A bizarrely appealing movie, Tango and Cash, is the essence of camp. It's bad and knows it's bad, so therefore it's good. Does it know it's bad? I don't think it did. I think that's kind of the, the key. Actually, you know what? I don't think it cared. I'm with you on that. I don't think this was tongue in, Like, they weren't in on the joke. They just... 
were not afraid to be laughed at. TV Guide staff, a very smart, dumb movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Kirsty McNeil of Empire Magazine. Stallone and Russell play well off each other, and with Palance lurking in the background, this buddy breakout never loses its way. Disagree. It lost its way a lot in this movie. <laughs> I don't know that it ever knew its way. I was trying to figure out what the point of this movie was. Nigel Floyd of Time Out. What makes this shoot 'em up nonsense surprisingly watchable is Randy Feldman's rapid-fire dialogue, which constantly undercuts the macho posturings while parodying Stallone's screen image. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say the rapid-fire, quote-unquote, dialogue makes it watchable. It does. Um, does it does. It? Because, yes, it oh. does. Because the banter. This movie is ban- Like I said, I, I sent you guys a text. It was is one of the notes that this movie was originally called Banter the Movie. <laughs> a lot of banter, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> Luke Wide Thompson of New Times. A much tighter and harder hitting action flick than you might expect. Mm. Don't agree on that one. Uh. Robert Roten of Laramie Movie Scope. Tango and Cash is a pale imitation of Lethal Weapon, but it works well enough to be entertaining. And then I'm going to need some help with this one from Caffeinated Clint of Movie Hole, because I don't really understand what this means. A fun, frantic two-hander. Wow. Is that a masturbating thing? I believe so. Okay. There's some moments in this movie where I'm like, I don't know how to interpret this in any other way. Of course. Just like you when you thought no, the like brother this- in Teen Witch was trying to fuck the sister? I mean... There was there was some tension there. <laughs> Clint from Movie Hole using a sophisticated term. A two-hander is a term for a play, film, or television program with only two main characters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not like having to use two hands sure. on a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is Movie Hole. Yeah, <laughs> and he is caffeinated. All right, the negative reviews. Sky staff of Sky Cinema. Despite imaginative sets and bursts of action, the prison scenes are particularly vividly staged. This is a fitfully boring film with perished elastic in its would-be whiplash dialogue. I don't think it's always boring. What a what an amazing sense. I don't think it's always boring. It had its moments. It had its moments. Perished elastic? Yeah, perished elastic. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Jason Bailey of Flavorwire. Yeah. Tango and Cash turns 25 years old next month, which means if it were a person, it'd be right around the right age to start realizing what a stupid movie Tango and Cash is. <laughs> nice. Well done, except you're wrong. Gene Siskel of Chicago Tribune. Ever heard of him? The jokes seem lame and the rivalry fraudulent as the two boys play with their big guns. Okay, that is pretty accurate. (laughs) Dave Kerr of Chicago Tribune. Chicago Tribune apparently needed two reviews of this. The film looks like the sort of queasy fever dream that might be produced by sitting through an entire Orson Welles film festival while eating pepperoni pizzas. Now we know who wrote the review second. Somebody was like, I got to outshine the other guy. Desmond Ryan of Philadelphia Inquirer. Both men think that the best way to deliver the right to remain silent to the usual suspects is via a right hook. And then Chuck O'Leary of Fantastica Daily. Full of stupid A-team style action, a forerunner of today's brain-dead action films. What? I don't know. Any action movie of, like, the 90s did not look like like that. That is quintessential 80s action right yeah, there. Yeah, and music and everything. And then two more. Rob Thomas of Capital Times in Madison, Wisconsin. An awful smug monster truck of a movie. And Bob Bloom of Journal and Courier in Lafayette, Indiana. Drek and more Drek. A waste of celluloid. Almost makes one appreciate Judge Dredd. Now, why the fuck is Judge Dredd taking strays here? Just alone was in it, too. Yeah, but like eight years later. That's true. I mean, what is your first note? Oh, this one's great. Okay, let's do this. 
which is the opening line of the movie. Why? Why is that the opening line of the movie? It doesn't show him. It just shows a Warner Brothers symbol. And then it's just him saying, okay, let's do this. And we jump into music in the credits. A kind of like pseudo late 80s, early 90s hip hop little like kind of up-tempo thing. I really enjoyed that. And we come out of the credits and there's a, a truck chase and everything. And I said to myself, this action movie excellence we are witnessing right now. He's talking to us. Let's do this. We're watching the movie. Yeah, he's excited that we're along for the ride. Oh, my God. The music is perfect. We've got a helicopter. We've got a tanker truck. We've got Tango driving a convertible with eyeglasses. And some of the worst line delivery imaginable. He's going to go after the tanker himself. He's been working on the case for three months. They're out of their jurisdiction, I mean. Whatever he's going to do, he's got to do it now. And I don't think that's how the law works, typically. That's what makes it such action movie excellence, right? Yeah. Everything from he's chasing down this tanker in a convertible. Cops always drive convertibles in these movies, because why not? Yes. There's a helicopter chasing this. He's disregarding jurisdiction. He's disregarding direct orders. He drives past the tanker, spins out, like blocks the road, gets out of his car, unloads all the bullets in his gun, and then reloads it, which I didn't quite understand. Were they better bullets? I don't know. Such a magnificently small, tiny little snub-nosed revolver, too. Yeah, it is. But it packs a wallop because it brings this thing down to a halt. Fortunately, the bad guys don't believe in fastening their seatbelts. So when they br- hit the brakes, they fly through the windshield. Does it bring it to a halt? Or did they just slam on the brakes? Well, no, he took out the tire. Did he? He took out the tire. They, they had a, a close-up of the tire kind of like So that. he shot the windshield twice, and then he shot the tire. Shot the tire. Okay. They come flying out the windshield. Just like ballistic. <laughs> and one of the very first instances of what can I only call action movie nirvana. These little quotes like this. Glad you could drop in. You like jewelry? As he holds up the handcuffs, the guy says, fuck you. And he says, I prefer blondes. Do the honors. Throws the handcuffs. And that was my first moment I was thinking to myself, wait a second. Why would he say? I mean, I, I get what he's. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It just seemed like unnecessary. Also, I don't know if you noticed, but when he drives ahead and power slides into putting the car horizontal, the stunt driver looks absolutely nothing like him. And I think, and I legitimately think it might be Bob Golick. I like was, I just, <laughs> I was still busy writing. I was still busy, literally, oh like, feverishly taking down notes. <laughs> the rest of the cops pull up, and Frank Lane! from Double Impact <laughs> shows up. Is that Uncle Frank? <laughs> that is Uncle Frank. Dang! Because they, they did him dirty in the IMDb, and he's all the way at the bottom. He's like uncredited. Well, maybe he wanted to be after this one. Also, <laughs> just a horrible wig on him. Yeah, I do not understand the hair. Oh yeah, the whole time. A local sheriff says they checked the whole truck, and there's nothing in it. And this guy says, "You're out of your neighborhood, big city boy. I want your badge. I want your weapon. I want, I want your, your ass. ass. Who the fuck do you think you are?" And another guy says he thinks he's Rambo. To which Sly says. Rambo is a pussy. So in this world, Rambo exists. The movie Rambo exists. Yes. That means Tango must get approached constantly. Wondering if he's sliced alone or Rambo, right? It's got to be constant. He's in LA. He looks just like him. And Rambo's a thing. He's got to be approached constantly. Maybe that's why he said Rambo's a pussy. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about this Rambo guy. And I guess. Then he shoots the Tango, which, ladies and gentlemen... We all believe to be a fuel tanker. Right. 
Turns out the part that he shot the tanker in is filled with cocaine. And he says, what do you know? It's snowing. Anyone want to get high? But all I could think of is, what if he had shot the wrong tanker? <laughs> oh, man. At least it's not bad for a city guy. Hong and Palance drive by an active police scene on the random <laughs> highway in a limousine. I mean, why would they be out there? How does that not catch the eye of the cops and the sheriff? Especially with that massive pinky ring dangling out the window. <laughs> Saying Tango and Cash are driving them crazy. They've messed up the business. And Palance says that he doesn't want the other people to handle it. He's got something else in mind for them. If it isn't Tango, it's Cash. Tango and Cash. Cash and Tango. They said it! They said it. They said it, and I thought to myself, this guy's complaining about Cash. We don't even know who Cash is yet. Right, has not been introduced. By the way, what if this movie was called Cash and Tango? Does it do as well? No, Tango and Cash. Now we get Cash drive, also driving a convertible in an urban area. You can tell it's urban because there's graffiti on the walls. And all the children are minorities. All the children are minorities. They're shooting them with water pistols. And it's all friendly and ha-ha. And, oh, and, that, yeah. and that's the first time I thought, yeah, that's not how cops are. Right. <laughs> he walks into an apartment with a six-pack, calls Tango Mr. Armani because Tango is on the front page of the paper for his bust. Cash also has a story below the fold. Is this what happened in the 80s? Yep. Cops by name are on the cover of <laughs> local papers. Tango sees $1 billion in Coke. Cash only got 200 k What's he doing? He's playing with peanuts. Oh, wow. It's a different league. Cash starts checking himself out in the door mirror. That's when a gun comes crashing through the door. <laughs> what the hell? And it's an Asian assassin who shoots him in the chest. Got shot twice in the chest. And he took it like a champ. And he walks through this broken mirror, shoots him out of the window onto the fire escape. Then Cash grabs his ankle holster gun, shoots him in the hand or something, or shoots the TV. <laughs> and then he starts chasing this guy through the streets after jumping out of the second story window. After being shot twice. In after shot. being shot twice. Now they're in a parking garage. The laser sight on Cash's gun is as big as oh, the gun. Oh, baby. It's as big as the gun. I love it. Do you? I don't think that's legal, by the way. I don't think that's police department issued. Assassin comes driving up in a pickup truck. He's about to hit a homeless woman with a shopping cart full of cans. I thought this truck was the same truck as Marty's dream car in Back to the Future, oh. but it's similar. Oh, yeah. Marty's dream car was a Toyota. This one, this movie was all American. No, this was a Toyota, too, but was it? it was a different model. Oh, okay. Cash grabs the truck, hits the cart. Cans go flying everywhere. A guy turns around comically as he's unloading birthday presents from a car, or maybe he's loading them in. I don't know. What are you doing with my car? Cash. <laughs> Cash commandeers the car, drives in reverse. Both doors get blown off by hidden cars. Car gets crashed into. A naked woman gets, rises yeah, out of the... They just wanted a titty shot. She's fucking some guy in the car. Stunt drivers look nothing like the people they're supposed to be in this movie. Cash is hilarious. They're driving through these loose hanging fluorescent lights in the parking garage. I thought that was kind of cool. It was cool, but why are those lights... Right, why are they just dangling there? There's like nine of them just dangling. They couldn't put any of them up. It doesn't make any sense. Cash then crashes into a parked car to send it in the way of the assassin. He crashes into the truck. Cash walks up to the assassin, pulls his gun, and says, What's the matter, Ace? Got a little headache? Yep, got that line down. <laughs> the man with the presence has been chasing him on foot the whole time with the presence in his hand. He's a foreigner. He's yelling at him, and Cash says, Welcome to America. <laughs> now we're at a police station. Tango gets uh, commended for being in the paper. Someone named Catherine is in his office. She's leaving for a month or two on a dance tour. 
says that she'll just call him but won't give him the phone number of where she'll be says that she swears she'll be a good girl get away from the grime crime and slime <laughs> gets interrupted with a call from his stockbroker with a very important margin call like what the is fuck that, dude? Is that an industry term? i don't know i don't know anything about the stock market but i don't think that's a thing it is a thing that is the name of a movie there's a movie called margin call she leaves for her flight that on the list oh. <laughs> great movie titles outside the city division police station to show that we're in a different precinct now. Did you guys see the extra acting out a conversation with someone in a car? No. Oh, man. He, like, pretends to walk away from the conversation like three or four times in about a two-second span. <laughs> this extra acted his ass off. 100%. Cash is showing the slugs in his Kevlar vest. Says the shirt cost him $9, then grabs a random slice of pizza. Whoa, 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 pizza! <laughs> someone has been fucking with his gun because the sight has been shifted cash wants to question the assassin who is just hanging out in the police locker room what was that setup? i don't know he was just taking a leak i guess and they don't have public restrooms yeah he's at a urinal but there's just lockers in the table at first when he walked in and the guy's taking the leak i thought that was the Chinese cop who was the interpreter. Yes. And he was going to go tell him, like, yo, this is the deal. Same. And then when the guy turned around, I was like, wait a second. That's, he's completely unhandcuffed and he's just chilling. I got to be honest. I got worried that I was being racist. Because when he turned around, I thought, fuck, that dude looks a lot like the Asian <laughs> assassin. And then thought, well, that's racist of me. I can't think that. And then realized, no, that's him. So they were the ones being racist. Not unlike ballistics experts in several when they're like, are we being racist because the Asian guy does not know about like this Asian, right. uh, this Chinese policy? Or are they being racist? <laughs> He's a complete moron. I don't know. He finally gets the assassin to speak some English, who gives him an address and a time for a bust tonight, 9 p.m., Tango also gets the tip from Uncle Frank. Zang! We find out that he doesn't need this job, but he just does it because he likes the action. Oh, if you really want to stare death in the eye, you should have gotten married. Is that a proposal? Also, I can't believe you skipped during the interrogation. What did I skip? The guy walks in, sees him torturing this man, police brutality much. He says, what is this? Cash says, English. 101. He just walked out. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call good cops. Just throw your hands in there like, well, I did what I did my part. I tried. I walked somewhere. All right. Now we're at a warehouse with pallets, with Hong, with drugs, guns, henchmen galore. Oh. What is this complex, by the way? This scene is amazing. First of all, let me paint the picture. Pallets is sitting. Uh, his back is to us. So we can see him in front of him what he's watching is a wall of TVs, right? A four by four TV bank, which is the cool thing from the 80s. It was always popping up. And he's just watching like game film of Tango and Cash. Yeah. Yeah. Making busts and like. Breaking down the tape. And, and while he's breaking down the tape, he, he does a little mini monologue on Cash. Gabriel Cash, you took $200 million of my money. And then he gets to Tango. Ray Tango, you danced into drug busts and then Tango drew away. I don't think, oh, he's making like puns on their names. I love it. Oh. He's saying this to nobody. There's nobody. no one in the room. Nobody. Uh, he's just saying it, talking to himself. They say they want to take care of this quick and easy. They want to kill Tango and Cash. He says. That's when, yeah, Hong and. Uh, Lopez. And his henchman. Yeah, his right hand man coming. We're not his henchman. Because Lopez, Lopez is on the on oh, the west right. side, and 
Hong is on the east. Well, they're always together, though. That's his hint. They do. They are butt buddies. Yeah. They're, they're all together. <laughs> yeah, they're always together. So you can't convince me they're not henchmen together. Pound says, quick and easy is how you make a cake, to which I thought, that is not how you make a cake. Making a cake takes time. Or clean a toilet bowl or shop by mail. <laughs> But quick and easy is not how you run a multi-million dollar business such as ours. This guy is truly unhinged, not in like a criminal psycho way, but in a, someone put grandpa in the whole folks home because we shouldn't explain how they can't go quick and easy. And he pulls out two mice. Two mice from a briefcase. Why are the mice in a briefcase? Is this where he keeps them full time? He's sniffing them. And I wrote sexual tension. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't know why he's like... I have a note about that later. I have a note about that later. He's sniffing these mice and he's talking to them. And I thought he was going to kill the mice. I thought it was like, you got to take care of it once and for all. And he's just going to suffocate them. And I'm like, oh, this guy's psycho for real. Yeah, I thought he was going to... Yeah. That would have been cooler. Turns out he's a different kind of psycho. One who likes to just snort mice. He just snorts the mice and then he just puts them in this glass maze that's like a, a countertop. It's a huge bar. Yeah. It's the bar. Right. Imagine having some hose over and then you just got mice in the other case. <laughs> this mouse analogy is so strange and overt. He treats mice like white women treat puppies on Instagram. It's a good doggo or a good mouse I guess is what he said. 10 out of 10 and all that other fucking stupid ass baby talk that they do. The balding with a ponytail henchman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who I'm, I'm delighted that later in the movie everyone refers to him as ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said balding with a ponytail. They don't even bother with names in this movie other than Tango and Cash. Cool names, though. Says killing cops will make a war with police. Instead, he wants a game only they can win. Within two weeks, the biggest ammunition and weapons shipment is coming in. He puts those mice in the glass maze. Says Tango and Cash will be tucked away behind bars. Now Tango and Cash are separately at this bust. Absolutely no partners or backup. It's just them on their own as far as they know. Tango's running to make as much noise as possible as he's supposed to be sneaking around. I don't know if you noticed that. He's got fucking hard sole shoes on. Yeah, it's hard when you're dressed in an Armani suit, man. Yes! Italian leather shoes. Like, you can't sneak around in those. They creep up on each other, backs against the wall, and then they're just talking shit and usurping each other and banter, banter, banter. What the fuck are you doing here? You almost got yourself killed, pal. Oh, really? I'd say it's the other way around. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I pulled this trigger and your throat's hanging off that wall behind you. Really? You pulled that trigger, I'm gonna blow you in half. You got the visual? You are fucking deluded, pal. You never had a chance to hit him with that gun. No, that was this one. You know me, huh? Yeah, I hear you're the second best cop in LA. That's funny, I hear the same thing about you. Oh, just stay off my case. What makes it your case? I've been on it for three months, it makes it my case. Fuck you, says shows how stupid you are, because I've been on it for about mm, half an hour now, and here I am all caught up with you. Stay off my case. Nice tie. It establishes the tone for the whole movie right here. Yeah, unfortunately. They walk in on someone in a chair. He's hold wired. Hold on, and hold on, what? Zach. What happened? Tango says, cover me on three. Uh-huh. Cash pulls in a mean and goes on two. <laughs> <laughs> they walk in. There's a dude who's wired. He's dead. The feds bust in on him. And Cash's other gun, the one with the messed up sights, is on the ground. It's been stolen from his locker. They're going down for this. They're going to make it out when they've been arrested for murder, set up with wire tape. Recording makes it sound like they killed an undercover fed, and we have a court case montage. Oh, my God. In one of the shots of Cash in the newspaper, is he shirtless? Do you notice that? 
There's one I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a shirt on. Just a headshot. Tango's lawyer wants him to take a plea deal for minimum security prison. And then Tango calls Cash a glory hound and a hot dog to his face. Cash makes fun of him for pumping iron. They both want to make the statement. And now they're changing their plea. As they're going through all the testimony in the montage, there's a lot of banter in there. There's so much banter. I'll bring the chainsaw. I'll bring the beer. <laughs> I mean, like, this is the part where I stopped writing down the banter. Because it was every clip in the montage was banter. And so I just said, you know, I'm just going to write the word banter. The Chinese assassin testifies against him and says, oh, he put a chair on my neck and suffocated me. He says, I couldn't find a piano. <laughs> <laughs> we got Uncle Frank walking through crowds of reporters going, no comment, no comment. Tango's lawyer is Elaine Bennis's boss from Seinfeld. You remember him? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Lip. There's lots of familiar faces in this movie. Lots of bit background guys that have been in lots of stuff. The audio expert that looks like Groucho Marx confirms the tape. And then when the Asian assassin is on the stand, Cash calls him a square crow. And Tango goes, a square crow? So it turns out that a square crow is the name of a character that appeared on Czech Serial in the 1960s. Sick reference. No idea if that's racist or not. Well, isn't Czechs made out of rice? Oh, no. <laughs> wow, what a very roundabout racism. I, I In these uh, troubled times rife with racial tensions, I, I kind of do appreciate someone putting a little effort in their racism as opposed to just... No, they have rice, wheat, and corn. But not back not in the 60s, yeah. No, he's on all of them. I'm looking at it. But it doesn't look racist to me and if it's not racist what is the point <laughs> right yeah that's also a great question <laughs> what is happening he likes he likes his cereal i guess tango is talking to the judge about how great police are and his lawyer's mad for some reason i couldn't tell what was going on there tango's statement i've been a policeman for 12 years and i think it's the best organization in the country boy this quote does not hold up right now it did not age well lapd within a week it must have aged pretty poorly cash then gets to speak mr tango has uh, spoken very eloquently and i wish i could be as forgiving but i can't because <clears throat> this whole thing Fucking sucks. I mean, this is the biggest pile of shit. Order. Your Honor. Your Honor. Your Honor. No contest to voluntary manslaughter to get in 18 months. James Hong, Quan wants to know what happens 18 months from now when they get out. And Palance says they won't get out again. And I wrote Jack Palance acting his ass off. Oh, he is. He's assless in this. They're at a maximum security prison all of a sudden. Uh, let me just put this note in here because it'll just take care of the next... 40 minutes of screen time. Banter. Banter on the way to the jail. Banter on the way to the shower. Banter on the way to the cell. Banter. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. How do you guys feels today? Let me tell you, feels is a better way to be. Our premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. It reduces anxiety. It reduces pain. It reduces sleeplessness. Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness, places a few drops under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Are you new to CBD? Well, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you through the experience. Me personally, had a couple of restless nights during this whole pandemic, wasn't sleeping great, did a couple of Feels uh, the next day, boom, out like a light that night. You know, get a little joint pain, I'm getting up there in age, a little Feels CBD under the tongue, 
boom, joint pain gone, greatly reduced. It's so easy to use. It's so good for you. It's just the better way to do your life right now. It will naturally help you feel better. And there's no high, there's no hangover, there's no addiction. You can join the Feels community, get the Feels delivered to your door every single month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. Become a member and get 50% off your first order. 50% off. It has me feeling my very best every day and it helped you too. 50% off your first order with free shipping by going to feels.com slash ding. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash ding. Become a member. 50% off taken automatically off your first order with the free shipping. That's feels.com slash ding. The cops don't even know where they ended up. We get a butt shot of them walking to the shower. Cash thinks that it's Quan. Then he thinks it's Lopez. Believes Lopez set him up to think it's Quan. So they don't know that Parrot exists and they don't know that Quan and Lopez are working together? No. They think they're working against each other. One, one guy's on the east side, one guy's on the west side. What's the, how hard is that to understand, guys? Come on. You don't know shit! These dudes are making a $1 billion cocaine no. seasons and they don't know who the big well, dog is you know, he's only been doing this 12 years too many margin costs if you're making those kind of busts and you're still just basically a detective yeah mm, yeah says a little bit something about your aptitude that's true well we know what the feds are up to so there's a gay sex shower or you know soap in the shower joke oh uh, this is great yeah cash bends down to get soap tango thinks he's gonna blow him and panics and then cash calls him peewee they've been in prison for exactly about 15 minutes <laughs> went straight to the showers. No, it's not that they went straight to the showers. It's that Tango is worried that Cash has already gone prison gay. 15 minutes in, he's... He... <laughs> Speaking of prison gay... Cash thinks they're going to get put in gen pop casual fires just in a lot of a lot of pages <laughs> raining down in that, in that prison Cash, let me load up your fucking barrel! Cash, I'm going to put brown sugar in your ass! Shit, I put half these guys away. Hey, Tango, I'm going to wear you in my shirt like my bitch! Cash, I'm going to kick your fucking ass, food You know what I really hate? What? Litter. God damn it. What? Forgot to bring the marshmallows. Because there's fires. Why is that? Banter, banter, banter. That's not good. It's not good writing. It's great writing. The prisoners are heckling and threatening them. The truck driver from the opening scene is there. Tango grabs his head and hits him against the prison bar, uh, leaving him bloodied. His fucking chin. This guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Quagmire. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a chin like a fucking aircraft carrier like this guy and by the way that becomes relevant a little bit later in the movie it does <laughs> his name is robert zadar and he has a rare disease called cherubism that causes his quagmire jawline cash's cellmate is a giant black guy who won't let him use the toilet he was once on fresh prince he was once on fresh prince yeah he was also an inmate <laughs> <laughs> he was dango has a newspaper in his cell. Clint Howard is his room or his roommate, his cellmate. Ron Howard's little brother. Yep. Who is disfigured on and, and as such plays weirdo roles throughout his entire. Oh, career. we can talk about that, but we can't talk about this dude's fucking crazy. I'm mentioning chin. it. I'm not going into his whole discography or filmography or whatever. He dropped albums. <laughs> Why would they allow a prisoner to have a slinky? It's a great question. It is a metal coil. Like that is. They let Tango just keep his necklace on the whole time. It's his freaking character name. <laughs> yeah, it is. His character is named Slinky. Uh, maybe it's an emotional support Slinky. He says he killed his best friend. Tango's looking at stocks. He cannot believe sugar is going up. Is that what stock brokers do? <laughs> 
<laughs> Clint Howard rips the paper with the slinky. Then late at night, as he is all tied up or with the slinky around him, prisoners break into the respective cells. They attack Tango. They attack Cash. They bag them. They carry them to laundry chutes. Send them down into the laundry room. I can't tell if they're getting hazed for a frat or if they're going to get killed. Parrot is waiting for them down there. <laughs> the way Sly delivers his line is just arguably the worst we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Let me guess. The welcoming committee. It's either that or a surprise party. Sly rushes through his line of, it's either that or a surprise party. Cash says they'll talk <laughs> their way out of this and not to panic. And then Jack Palance is there in the shadows talking to him. The lead henchman is there with a the ponytail. Tango recognizes him from the setup, and he's got a straight razor and a horrible English accent. His accent is all over the board here. Core blimey. I thought it was supposed to be Australian at first. Me too. Shrimp on the bobby. We'll come back to the accent. Yeah. Trust me. Cash loses it. I don't want to get killed by this lobby and jerk off. I want to get killed by an American. Jerk Jerk off. off. They start fighting. The chin comes up. Yeah, that chin is just something. You broke that jaw? You broke that jaw. Which yeah. is like, I laughed. I ca- like- That's a good line. That is the first good banter. <laughs> they start a brawl by punching everybody. Cash steals a bat by sliding between a guy's legs and punching him in the nuts. <laughs> Tango's just hitting people with machinery. They get piled on, tied up, suspended, and they're being threatened with electrocution. There are at least 60 inmates. <laughs> And someone who's not in jail. At least two, two people. people. Yeah. Who came from outside the jail into this maximum security prison with 60 inmates all in the laundry area having an all-out, like, gang war. The immigrant is taking bets on who fries first. They lower cash in the water. He's electrocuted. Now they lower Tango. He's electrocuted. Sylvester Stallone getting electrocuted has it's, a classic <laughs> the classic slot face. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It looks like his bell's palsy. Like, it's just, it's, it's so good. Prison guards and cops bust in to stop the torturing. They're now talking to a guy named Matt Sikowski, who's the assistant warden. He knew Cash from the academy or something. I don't know. Says they're in deep shit. He says the whole place is corrupt, and the only choice they have is escaping from prison. We got the best guards money can buy. (laughs) He has a plan. Cash trusts him. Tango doesn't. Matt has the blueprints, tells him how to get out of one of the shafts. They're arguing about who has a better plan between Tango and Matt. And now Tango has changed his mind and will not escape with Cash. Doesn't trust the plan. Cash says he doesn't want to get foobarred. Cash is working trash duty. Starts making his escape in the pouring rain. And he's almost out when a bloody Matt Sikowski comes tumbling down the escape route. He's dead. Guards, dogs, and the chin are coming after him. Why Why is he? Okay, never mind. I'm not even going to ask. He's trapped by these big fans that he had to get through at first. And Tango comes to the rescue to stop the fan so he can escape. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> I got lonely. He stabs the fan with just like a huge metal beam. <laughs> yeah. He shanked the fan. They escape from shooting guards. They're trying to figure out how electricity works at some point. I like I like that little okay. exchange. They're avoiding these giant electrical wires. Cash leaps off a building, grabs the wire, puts his belt around it, and slides to freedom. Zip lines. It is pouring rain, by the way. And then as Tango is about to jump, the chin pops up and trips him, has a grappling hook. <laughs> yeah. Again, very curious that they get all this stuff in the prison. And grappling hooks used to be in. Oh, yeah. Grappling hooks used to be a staple of action movies. I always wondered, like, how, is it that easy just to throw something to the top of a building and it'll just hook and stay? There's no way. Because I always wondered why it never, like, falls back and hits him on the head. Because it has to be heavy enough to catch. Yes. But light enough to throw. To throw, yes, exactly. Paradox. Come on, dog. 
Come on, puppy! Breaks free of the chain. The chin falls into the big wires, electrocuting him to death. Tango! (laughs) He yells Tango's name as he's dying. Tango leaps to the wire, slides down the belt. They're both free. Cash says, I'll always remember that time in the shower. What? What do you do? Stop for coffee in a Danish? I hate Danish. Danish. An in-joke referring to his recent divorce from Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah. I love that this movie is just chock full of, like... Current references. And Square Crow. References to Stallone's life. (laughs) It's almost like Sylvester Stallone has creative control over all the movies that he makes. No, I think it was just kind of a happy coincidence that this character was cast to be Stallone. It could have been anybody. Claude is worried that they've escaped. Pounce says insistent people make him angry and everything's under control. They're FaceTiming. They are, yes. Ponytail walks in and says, Hong and Lopez are on line one. I'm like, did they get together and like conference call this thing? And he hits a button and the bank of TV screens becomes them clearly looking straight at him. So implying that this is exactly a FaceTime call in the 80s. Steve Jobs, you're, you're a hack and a fraud. Apple, you're fraudulent. Give Tango and Cash it's just do. And I love it because they're positioned in basically a photo studio. We've got Quan in the foreground, and then we've got Lopez over his shoulder with his arms crossed. And when Lopez talks, the camera zooms in on them. Yeah. The FaceTime camera somehow decides it knows, oh, no, that other guy's talking now. <laughs> Let me zoom. And there's no camera or anything for Parrot. <laughs> but he can talk to No, no, not at all. The ponytail gives him the mice, and this is why I write, is there sexual tension with him and the mice? Definite, definite sexual tension. Yeah, I mean, he's nuzzling these things. Cash, an escaped convict who killed a fed, goes to the police department R&D. And this dude, this inventor guy, Owen? Yeah. Something's off with him. Let me just put it. <laughs> He's on the spectrum. Well, he's from the movie Scrooge. What else has he been in? I feel like he was all over the 80s and 90s. He's, he's, yeah. What are you saying? I'm just saying. That dude is, Okay. he rode the short bus. Oh, boy. All right. This guy named Owen is there, asks if he needs a special weapon, grabs a shotgun, grabs a pistol. Owen shows him a stuffed dog that has a gun in its mouth. I don't know what the fuck that scene was supposed to do other than show him this guy will. Who's Morgan Freeman in the Batman movies? Fox or something? Fox, yeah. Yeah, so that's his Fox. Yeah, it's it's just cute. It's just James Bond. Tango is in the house of the Fed who busted them. And he says, from the look of your diet, you're not too concerned about counting calories. Could it be you're too busy counting the money they gave you to set us up? Because he's eating spaghetti? It's not that he's eating spaghetti. It's that he opens the fridge and there's just a plate of fresh-ass spaghetti sitting in the plate, not covered, tinfoil, <laughs> nothing. Just plays with it, picks it up, and then he sniffs it, letting me know that it's been there for quite a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. While he's talking about his diet, he says, you look a little anemic. You could use some iron in your diet. I like that. Did you? Said bullets aren't made of iron. He says uh, the Englishman with the red hair paid him to set them up, says they want him dead and his life isn't worth shit. Tells Tango to take him in. They can help each other. Offers to split the money. Then tries to escape. Gets to his own garage. Opens the car door. And it was rigged to explode. Not when he starts the car. When he opens the car door. Yeah, that's new. That's a twist. The audio expert from the trial walks to his sound lab. And Cash is waiting for him with a shotgun. Wants to know who hired him to make the tape. Cash shoots the equipment. Gets all the evidence he needs. Now Tango steals a mechanic's shirt. I understand what the point of that scene was. Cash goes to a club of some sort. <laughs> Cleopatra Club. That has a guy dancing around a motorcycle and then drives a motorcycle off stage. It's like that showgirl's number. White people clubs have motorcycles. He's looking for Catherine. She's dancing on stage. They lock eyes. Yo, this song is a 
banger. Don't go by Yazoo. She's drumming? She gets some drumsticks and... Yeah, why? What is... That's the routine? Rhythmically drums as part of her dance performance. Let me tell you, not great work in getting a stunt person to dance that looks like Terry Hatcher. Body was the same. Face was not. (laughs) Some real questionable cut-ins there. (laughs) Cops start flooding the club looking for cash. She notices a cop notice cash and distracts that cop. Now they're backstage together. We get more gratuitous tit shots. Yo, shout out to that gum chewing cop, the perv though. Any chance for a three way? Cash says that Tango sent him. A cop stops them in the alley with cash dressed in full drag. What's happening? Horny cop asks about a three way. They flick their cigarettes in his face. Dykes on bikes, a eh, cap. She's working on uh, Cash's back, back in her place. He has a slip disc. Let's see if we can slip it back in. That's, yeah, <laughs> talking about their story with her and Tango. She loves him. He loves her too. Cash seems like he's dirty macking here. We're going to find out he's not. Dirty macking, like he is super dirty macking. She lives her own life. That's when Tango right. walks into the apartment and it sounds like they're fucking. Except everything he says is stuff that a woman would say. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She says, I can feel it going in. And he says, deeper, baby. <laughs> like, everything he's saying is like... <laughs> and he's like, yes, it's going in. As she gets the disc back into his back, apparently, Tango crashes through a screen. After jumping over the table, he tackles his own captain, Uncle Frank. Who says, is this the way you screen all your guests? <laughs> Even Uncle Frank's in on it. We find out Catherine is Tango's sister, and it's Tango's house, and he lets her dwell there. Says that she hasn't paid her rent. She says, if you would check your mail, to which Cash says, to be fair, he's been in prison. I laughed at that. It's a good line. I did laugh at that, too. I laughed also at the idea that he's a rich stock trading cop, and he, his sister is a stripper. Right. Not here to employment shame, but it just feels like in her life. She's a dancer, I mean. Okay. I know what I saw in there. That was a strip club. Frank offers Cash a smoke. Cash says no, but then takes Frank's cigarette. They have the audio tape to clear their names. They have the limey immigrant's name. They have 24 hours to clear their names. Rakeen. They try to show some chemistry between brother and sister, and it's just painfully awkward. Cash asks her on a date. Tango says he needs to talk to her. And then Cash breaks into the apartment of Rakeen, catches him, and pulls a gun on Cash. But then Tango's got a gun on him. They're hanging Wrecking off the roof, Suge Knight style, and he's undeterred. Plan A isn't working, so they go to plan B, which is Tango taping a grenade into the mouth of Wrecking. I don't understand any of the tough talk between Cash and Tango as they're playing bad cop, worse cop. Yeah, I think it's just to demonstrate that Cash doesn't know Tango that well, but he's heard stories about how he's crazy. And I didn't believe it, but now I see it's true. And so it's kind of further hammering home the point for uh, ponytail that oh this dude's so crazy that like i can't even be here like you know it's a guy you're a cop oh i was a cop until this shit ball da, da, da. so they're doing the whole like hey he's got no rules he's lawless now and so i don't trust him he'll blow your head off and then he walks away and of course they just did it to get him to talk but they ask him who he works for and he says i don't know the name of the governor he says where is he where's the governor he gives up palance, and then Tango wants to know if Cash fucked his sister. They're with the weird Owen guy. He's got this SUV tank that has a Gatling gun. It's bulletproof. It's not an SUV. That's a Chevy Astro. That's an Astro yeah, whatever, band. Whatever it is. But my favorite part is he shows him this incredible thing. He's got this, he got that, and like, cool. All right, let's take it. Like, no, 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 you can't take it. It's a prototype. Then why the fuck are you showing it? <laughs> 
I'm on the run. I'm trying to clear my life's name here. Why would you show me this thing? They just tell him that they're ins- they're fully insured, and he just kind of, you know, all right, I- I'm pretty sure Progressive will cover for this. <laughs> so he lets them go, but before they leave, Tango turns to Cash and says, so Owen, is he like family or what? And I'm like, did he just ask me if he can fuck Owen? All right, now they're at the final place. Tango says Cash is the best cop he's ever worked with. Cash responds by saying, if Tango doesn't make it back and he does, he's going to date his sister. Tango gets serious saying he doesn't want Catherine getting that 2 a.m. phone call that something bad happened. And Cash says he'll stay away until he gets Tango's blessing. Which says, okay, good, never. Wouldn't driving around town in a Chevy Astro with a Gatling gun on the side just be a little bit conspicuous? What would they, they crash the gates of the compound at some kind of rock quarry. Missiles are being fired at their SUV. This is amazing. Palance is watching all of this on the screen. Come on, get the sons of bitches. Where the hell did you learn to drive? Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Wonder. That's not a place. There's so many explosions in the chase. They're being crushed between construction equipment. The car lights on fire. He says, we're on fire. And Cash says, yeah, we're really cooking now. It's God, so much banter in this scene. They jump out. They shoot a bunch of the bad guys. They take control of the construction equipment. Why is your gun bigger than mine? Why is yours bigger than mine? Genetics, Pee-wee. It's a callback to the shower scene. Pee-wee, huge in 1989. They're going to crash through the building. Now they're inside. They're shooting up bad guys. There's so much banter going on. Someone spent a lot of time laying out those guns oh, yeah. on the table. Like, <laughs> I feel bad for the henchmen who had to do that. And then they just crashed and just knocked it Especially because he knew it was busy work. You know? Yeah. He knew he wasn't high on the totem pole. We're going to put them back in the crates and ship them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Who's coming in buying one at a time? They're shooting them up. Palance sets off the facility's destruct sequence with Catherine, making her do it. She's been kidnapped. Yeah, why did he do Why? That's a great question. I Especially because they couldn't see. They didn't even know. Is it? Right. Yeah, they didn't know. Did it for his own personal kind of enjoyment. Uh, by the way, they only have 11 minutes before this whole thing explodes. Tango says, Raiders scored three touchdowns in 11 minutes. Cash, ever the well actually, says, yeah, but they had three timeouts. And I just, like, are they really having, like, a semantics argument about... My note was they make a football metaphor that doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. Mace! Mace! What's up? Mace, oh, man, I don't know if you knew this. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. You know the best way to prevent hair loss, though? Do something about it while you still have hair left. That's right. You used to have to go to a doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. Keeps treatments can take up to four to six months or more to see results, so it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. That's right. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to Keeps.com slash ding to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash ding. Get Keeps. Keep your hair. I play for Keeps. They have Uzis now. They're shooting the Uzis one-handed. They call the weapons toys for tots. I do love a good Uzi. 
Oh man, Uzis also used to be the thing. Eighties, man. Eighties were big for the Uzis. Yeah, eighties and early nineties. Quan and his henchmen are gunned down in an office. Quan dies instantly. Quan and Lopez are ready with guns. Lopez is not his henchman. We keep saying that. That's not his henchman. Then why are they always together? Why is he always on his right-hand side? I don't know. know. (laughs) But also what I don't know is why is there like a glass case of glassware in the middle of this this hideout? It's a phenomenal question. Crystal stems. It just reminds me of like, yo, this is like your grandma's house. It also reminds me of every time when I went with my mom to like Macy's and we go into like the flatware section and they got that. I always like my dream in life is to grab a baseball bat and just go ah and just destroy it all did you ever wonder like oh man what if i tripped into this thing yeah no of course Whoa! i was always terrified of you <laughs> cash saves tango gets shot in the arm from lopez before they kill him again on the big screen they see wrecking with Catherine. now he's in the room he's got a blade to her neck tango drops his gun cash loses his gun he's also got a grenade on her neck call back to the roof scene Wrecking goes after Cash with a blade. Some random guy who's apparently been waiting to kick Tango's ass. Sonny! Sonny is now fighting him. No, I'll tell you what Sonny's been waiting to do. He's been waiting to destroy those glass shelves that Amin's been talking yeah, about. Man, yeah, man. <laughs> Sonny fucking hates glass, dude. Only by kicking, though. He's a jump kicker. He's a jump kicker for sure. The dude threw one punch in the entire fight, and that punch missed and got his hand smashed into the rat maze. <laughs> Right. Other than that, everything was a kick. Yeah, I do like, I mean, that you asked the question, why is there this glass display with all this glassware <laughs> it's sunny, in a baby. compound that has a fucking glass maze for a bar top? It's kind of odd. Cash pulls the pin on a grenade, puts it in Wrecking's pants, and then knocks him down the stairs. Major foobar. Yeah. Dango beats up the other guy. Palance has Catherine. They grab their sidearms from their ankles and shoot Palance in the head. Palance has a secret compartment in his hideout. What the fuck? That is basically a funhouse mirror. It's just funhouse mirrors, yeah. Like, why? And what? That's got to be for fucking. That's got to be for just banging hookers. And he's just monologuing his ass off. He is. No one's listening to him. <laughs> no, they don't know a single thing he said. Who's he pointing the gun at? What is he doing? And then they say, kneecaps on three. <laughs> One, two, and both. They all shoot on three this time. They shoot on three, and they shoot them in the head. They figure out they're both smart for how they figured out which one was the real one. And they say their sights are off. Their sights are off. They're like, oh, this sounds like cops. This is what cops say. Like, yeah, I try to shoot them in the leg, and my sights are off. Now they need to escape with Catherine, who was knocked out, and now all of a sudden is fully conscious and running full speed. They jump into a trench as the building explodes, and that's what he says. I says. Looks like there's a lot of new pollution in the sky tonight, and they call it Parrot. What? What does that mean? (sighs) They killed everyone. They just killed everyone. Catherine and Cash are okay. They're worried about each other. Tango says the gunshot is just a scratch. They're arguing about who the number two cop in L.A. is. Cash says he's earned the right to date the sister, to which Tango says, over my dead body. They laugh, and they do this high-five clasp. Oh, boy. And when we started recording, I was laughing. And you guys probably wonder what, what I was laughing at. I was laughing because the high-five they did was exactly the picture that Drew Brees posted in his apology, <laughs> except they were both white. <laughs> Newspaper story says, heroes again, Tango Cash back on the force, and we roll credits. And I was thinking, like, this set it up for a sequel. So... Let's take a pause here and bring in our very special guest, the one, the only, Stugat.
right, we're joined by, this is a very special moment, guys. This is the first in the history of this podcast. We've done 40 episodes, Zach? How many episodes? This is 41. Number 41. And for the first time, we have an actual official guest. That was the goal for this podcast from the beginning, was that when we review these bad movies, we would have someone who'd either been in the production or starred in a movie or something like that to be a guest to kind of take us through this movie. We couldn't get Sly. Kurt Russell was a little busy, but we got the next best thing. The one, the only, Stugatz. Oh. <laughs> and why are you calling this? Why am I, like Tango and Cash is the movie we're reviewing. You just called it bad. I want to punch you in the face. I mean, bad. <laughs> 52% of Rotten Tomatoes. The other 48% can go bleep themselves. Also, all right. I love that. I love that he immediately didn't even go with the critic score. He just went with the audience. Like, he doesn't care about the critics. Listen to me. I don't care about critics, okay? Listen, it does not take a lot to sit down, watch a movie, and determine whether or not it's good, okay? I don't need a full breakdown. I don't need anything. I need a bunch of people who are like me, like-minded, Watch the movie. Tell me if it's good. I trust them far more than I trust any critic. So tell me why you love this movie so much. We know from watching the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz on ESPN every day, you, you praise this movie a lot, but you never actually say in detail what you love about it. For me, it's like growing up, it's the classic, you don't have to think a lot, you know, which I hate to do. I mean, you know that. I don't want to think. I want to just watch things explode. I want an easy storyline. I want there to be kind of like, you know, some rivals, a villain. And this provides everything for me. So, like, growing up, this was like the classic action movie where it wasn't layered. It wasn't nuanced. It was easy to follow. Things blew up, and they blew up a lot. It was dumb. <laughs> the screenplay wasn't terribly smart or, or well-written, for that matter. <laughs> but the action scenes were amazing. So for me, it's like, it's just a classic action movie where, you know, you have two cops who start off as enemies, but through a series of events, it becomes a buddy cop movie. And uh, it just represents everything about, like, the 80s growing up uh, and action movies. I mean, and it's just perfectly named, Tango and Cash. And, and like... Here's the beauty of it for me. Uh, Stallone plays Ray Tango, and he's like this, you know, he's a cop in L.A., and Kurt Russell's the other cop. But Ray, Kurt Russell actually looks like he could be a cop. Like, Ray Tango, for some reason, looks like he could be your stockbroker. He could be a CEO of a company. When our money suits. Yeah. Yes. It's like a guy who looks like he's worth $100 million, but he's only making 42000 a year. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It just represents everything that I like in movies. It's it's easy. I can be distracted. My mind can wander away from five minutes and then wander back to the movie, and I didn't miss a thing. And so I love that. That's what I love about it. Stu, uh, we, we posed the question earlier, if this movie was called Cash and Tango, does it do as well? Wow, that's a great question. I never even thought about it. I mean, you guys are this is a deep dive into Tango and Cash. <laughs> cash and Tango. I mean, naturally, it doesn't sound good as Tango and Cash. Right. I think you have to have the two syllables first, followed by the one. Uh, so, no, I would say it would have been a colossal failure. <laughs> it was a colossal failure as Tango and Cash. I would, <laughs> I would say as Cash and Tango would have been even worse. <laughs> I, I'll come back to the, the whole title thing. I want to ask you because you said colossal failure. We looked it up. It made more money than it cost. And it's clearly set up 
to have a sequel at the end. Why do you think there was no sequel to Tango and Cash? Well, because I don't think people could stop. Like, listen, they got away with making money out of the first time, and I think they were lucky and fortunate to do that. And they realized if we trot this thing back out there, we're screwed. So they just decided to edit it the original, and and that's it. But they kind of did leave you thinking there was going to be a second one. They left me thinking there was going to be a second one. I'm still waiting for it. How long, like yeah, how long did you wait before you lost hope? <laughs> before I what? Lost hope. Like, I don't think that there's a sequel coming. I'm still holding out hope. <laughs> so, holding out hope. Zach, did you say Stallone has a script? May said that Stallone has a script. But Stallone has a script for every movie he's done. He has a sequel script that he's written. I think that that's just what he – all he does is, like, lift weights, review boxing – you know, boxing fights, and then he just writes scripts. <laughs> well, I think you're right, right? Because he wrote Rocky. They wanted someone else to play it, and he demanded on playing it. So are you saying that he had Rocky 2, 3, 4, like he had the whole thing ready to go? I think he did. The creed, not the script, but the story, the concept, the treatment was written by Stallone. I mean, when he originally presented Rocky, do you think he had a second and third and fourth oh, in mind? Of course. Yes. Uh, 100%. And, and already written? Already written, already <laughs> written, already cast. Like, Stu, I, I'm of the belief, look, we're getting way off topic here, but I don't even care. I'm of the belief that Rocky Five is not a bad movie. I think it's good. I'm not going to criticize any of the Rockies. It's the worst of the Rocky franchise. We could agree on that i have an interesting order when i rank the rockies i think rocky three is by far the best the one best. thank you Stu. glover lang by yes. far is and then i would tell you i think rocky four is the second best one and then i would go rocky one and then the original and then i'd go two and then I'd jump over to the Cree. oh you don't you don't like balboa rocky balboa the one where uh... i didn't love it i liked it i didn't love it but five i'm not going to criticize five because i like all the rocky movies but it was certainly the worst of the franchise oh man i don't know i think it's i think it's better than creed 2 I think it's better than Rocky Balboa. I think it's better than the first Rocky. Oh, no, that's blasphemy. I mean, <laughs> listen. From an article on Fandango.com, September 16th, 2019. Sylvester Stallone. I would do Tango and Cash in a second. I know with Kurt, it's not about a caper. It's just about us doing our thing. That's exactly how Sly says he pitched it to Russell, who's still on the fence about the sequel. According to Stallone, it would appear the Tango and Cash conversation is very alive and well with the two in the midst of discussing it, though it seems Russell needs some more convincing. I don't know, Sly, Stallone said with a smirk, recalling what Russell said to him when approached. There we were in our prime, and now we're in our unprime. I don't know. So I said, Kurt, I'm telling you, you got to go in on this. So he said, I'll talk to you when I get back. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, what is Kurt Russell doing? He's so busy, he can't crank out a second tango in cash. <laughs> well, he, was in the, he, was, he got into the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, yeah, okay, but I, listen, when Stallone comes calling, you say yes. That's how it works. I mean, he, Stallone is saying, hey, I've got a second tango in cash. Now, I don't even know how Kurt Russell li- how old Kurt Russell is. I, mean, I haven't seen Kurt Russell in years, so I don't know uh, how he would look. But I, listen, you got to do it. Like, it's... I am telling you, if you're of my age, you grew up worshiping that movie and worshiping the two of them. And I think Russell's got to, I think he's got to do it. I, I'm just trying to think if it'd be good at this point. Like, do you know Sly is four years older than Kurt Russell? I know. I know. I mean, yeah. Sly's I, 73, Kurt is 69. And Kurt, by the way, Kurt looks pretty good. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And he yeah. played. Uh, he so was Sly. Oh, that's right. They were both yeah. in that yeah, movie. They were both yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. both Sly, in it. Sly looks like he's melting. Yes. <laughs> 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 what do you look like? Yeah. Right, I'm checking out Kurt. I mean, Kurt Russell looks old, guys. I know you said he looks good. 
But I mean, I, like, oh, holy shit, he looks old. I, I don't know if this is war, and I don't know if you could do it without Kurt Russell. Meaning, I'm wondering if there's a younger, you know, a younger guy out there that could play Cash. Oh. I don't, but I don't know oh, if I'd want to see it if that were the case. What if it was Tango and Cash's kids? Ooh, I like that. And then they're just making cameos. That's a good angle. And maybe uh-huh. like maybe Channing Tatum is Cash's kid. What if it's just Cash's kid with Catherine? Oh. And that is Tango and Cash in one. I like that. What was the last Rambo that was released? Uh, uh, there's a reason I'm asking. Because oh, maybe, well, the, Last Blood? It was, let me tell you, that movie Final is, Drop of Blood or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was, that movie is extremely problematic. Yeah, but it we is. know there'll there'll be more blood. Like we there know. will be more blood, right? <laughs> yeah, there will be more blood. No, I, I'm only asking that because I'm trying to think if it would work with Stallone and Russell both at this advanced stage. What I'm saying with the Rambo franchise is every time he releases one, it does well at the box office. I think. Yeah. So I think Stallone. I think it would work. I think if they did a sequel and they wanted to bring the kid angle in, that's fine. But I think even if it was just Stallone and Kurt Russell at this advanced stage. One final case. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves one final case. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, everyone. Right. You can't go wrong with one final case. And maybe it's Jack Palance's kid. Um, who's like, <laughs> back for revenge, right? Like, I think I'm Palance, in on this. With the mouse? Jack yeah. Palance's kid has to be 80 years old at this point. <laughs> yeah, with, with mice. Yes. Now, Brett James, I think, or is it Brian James? Brian James can't come back because, you know, he, I think he's passed away at this point. So, but yeah, I, I would be in. I, I, yes, who am I kidding? I'd be in on a on a tango and cash. So uh, I think it would. I got a couple specific questions about the the script. Right, there's a lot of banter in this movie. A lot of banter between Tango and Cash. Do you feel like banter is a necessary component of a buddy cop movie? Yes. Now, keep in mind, this does not start off as the classic buddy cop movie. Okay, it starts off where they are their their rivals. Okay, you have one guy on one side of town who dresses very nicely. And then you have the other guy in the other side of town and they're both getting news clippings. It's like the Lakers and the Clippers, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you have to have banter. You have to be witty. You have to take shots at each other. um, You have to make fun of each other. This is a little bit different in that it's a buddy cop movie, but one of the buddies is going after the other buddy's sister. (laughs) That's problematic. One of the great lines, if you remember, well, I don't know. How recently have you guys seen it? This morning. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Um, Like, how cheesy is it, I mean, when he walks in? So I think it's... I think Cash is on the couch with Terry yeah, Hatcher. Yes, yeah. right, right. Cash on the couch with Terry with Terry Hatcher, who who inexplicably plays the drums. <laughs> That's what I said too. That's what I said. They tried to pass it off like that was a normal thing. And, and you can't tell if Tango is like either her, like is he the brother or the father? Like it's a whole <laughs> But he's definitely overprotective, right? And so he comes in, and all he can see is her, and and Cash is screaming whatever he's screaming. But when Cash says to Tango, is this how you screen all your guests as he walks through a screen door? <laughs> like, it is so cheesy on so many levels. It's amazing. It's the worst part of the history of movies. <laughs> now, Stu, did you know that Kurt Russell wasn't the first option for Cash? I did not know that, no. Patrick Swayze. 
Wow. But Patrick Swayze dropped out as cash so that he could go do Roadhouse. That's the right call. Ooh, That's the wow. right call. Yeah. By the way, bring me back when you do Roadhouse. I mean, <laughs> listen, there are three movies you need me for. It is Tango and Cash, it is Roadhouse, and it is Point Break. And you bring Mike Ryan in on, on Point Break. Yeah. I did not know that with Swayze. He chose well, Swayze. Roadhouse is a great movie, Sam Elliott. Like, that is, that is, I love that in my wheelhouse. Roadhouse is eligible at 39%. Oh, he just wow. books to God's return appearance. Yeah. Talk to you next uh, week. Although, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> talk Monday. But it's so in a war with Patrick Swayze. That, that's interesting. I, would, I, think it, I think it would have been better with Swayze. Oh, really? You know, a lot know. of times when people know. say so and so was cast for it, and then they ended up with somebody else. As a result, and you're always like, oh, they dodged the bullet there. This, the, the guy who actually made it, it's a lot better that way. But this is one of those times where I'm like, I kind of want to see Tango and Cash with Swayze. Well, no, but here's what I wonder. Would Roadhouse work with Kurt Russell? No. Oh, no, I don't think so. Because Swayze is perfectly casted for that. Mm. I mean, I can't imagine anyone doing that. It's such a, Roadhouse is so great. We, we could talk about it another time. But you have Sam Elliott, like the Yoda of bouncers, teaching, <laughs> <laughs> teaching the Luke Skywalker of bouncers how to do it. I mean, I love it. Let's play a quick game here that I'm making up on the fly of better or worse. And these are all people that were supposed to be or that were considered for cash. Oh, God. Pierce Brosnan. Worse. 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 Kevin Costner. Worse. 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 Harrison Ford. Better. Ooh. Hold on. I think there's a reason to pause. It means right. Here's the problem why it's not instantly better. Because I think Tango and Cash works because Stallone is clearly a bigger star than Kurt Russell. I think you put Harrison Ford in there. This is Harrison Ford coming off Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. This guy's every bit. The star. This is, this is Stallone coming off of Over the Top and and Rambo Three. Oh, that's is- the other one. You got to bring back for Over the Top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying Harrison Ford was every bit the star of Stall- as Stallone was bigger star, too big, too big a star, too big a star to play that role. You need needed- Stallone needs to be the star. I think yeah, it means need- right. I think it means right player. on this. I don't want Stallone in the movie. Period. What? What? <laughs> what? I don't want you on this podcast. Period. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Stallone. Who doesn't want Stallone, man? He's not the problem. Russell is who we're dissecting here. I mean, <laughs> I'm right, what, I think Harrison Ford. No, Stallone needs to be the star. Of, okay. Of so then, Mel Gibson. Ooh. So he's just coming off Lethal Weapon. Yeah. He, he played the same role in Lethal Weapon, kind of a cop that plays by yeah, his own rules. A lot of Riggs vibes. I think Kurt Russell is funnier though. Yeah, I, I like I, I like Russell better than than. Ooh, I don't know. Mid, like eighties. 80s Mel Gibson was pretty funny in those roles. He was. Yeah, but it just, it's too close. Like, you can't, you can't have him. You can't have him in that role, given that he was already synonymous with such as a familiar role. That, that's, uh, I mean, you are on it, man. Plus the stardom, they're both kind of equals. Yeah. I think you have to have it be, I think it means right, like the main point where, uh, that I think we need to be focused on is the stardom needs to be unequal. Where Stallone, if you're going right. to go Stallone, he's got to be the main guy, and the next guy needs to be just a notch below him. And that was not the case with either of the last yeah. of the last two names. So, I, okay. like, I mean, that's great analysis of this movie. Oh, I got three more then. Right. Like, Russell goes into it knowing that he's the number two, right? <laughs> knowing that it, he's oh, he has to, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. yeah. Uh, so then this, this is the perfect, perfect query then, because... 
Don Johnson is another person. Oh, he's definitely a lesser star. Oh. So Miami Vice, though, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, Don Johnson was a massive star when I was growing up. He's a TV up. star, yeah. though. And, and, you know, back then, being a movie star was a bigger deal than being a TV star. Well, well that's a great point, because, listen, this movie, like, it was once upon a time in America, it was like a special thing to go to the movie theater, okay? Yeah. And, like, and I remember going to the theater to see Tango and Cash, and it was packed. And I remember how excited, because Stallone movies, Stallone movies were a big deal. I'm trying to think if there's anyone they could have... They could have played. Then we have also have Ray Liotta. No, 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 no. 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 And then the final one I'll throw at you because there's a lot here. But this and this is a weird one. Liam Neeson. <laughs> no. Also considered for cash. Yeah, no, no. Before no. Schindler's List. Before Schindler's List. Yeah. Liam Neeson goes out and makes Tango and Cash. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I think they got it right. I do. I think they. Yeah. Yo, maybe Sly should call Liam Neeson for the sequel. Ooh, because he could do it now. Because now Neeson, right? But because now he's established himself as as that guy, right? Liam Neeson's. <laughs> I, I listen. I, I'd go see it in any form. The sequel. First off, just to address the original question, I think they. They nailed it, right? I, I think Stallone Russell was perfect for this kind of movie. I, I would go see a sequel in any form, regardless of who's in it, just as long as Stallone's in it. So, oh, so me, if Russell, if if Cash is not in, it, if Cash, they write in the script, Cash passed away, and then they just go with maybe that's how you do it. You go with Tango, and then the son of Cash and Tango's sister. That's right, and then oh, you have so Tango and Cash Junior. Yeah. Right. And do you cast Wyatt Russell? Well, I don't know, but you have KG Vet Tango teaching the younger, the younger Russell how to do it. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that angle. That's the way I'd go. I'd watch that. If it's not going to be Russell and, and Stallone, I would go. And Stallone has to be in it for me to go back and see it again. Uh, has to be in it. And then I, I like that. I like Russell's kid. I, for some reason, I love when the master is teaching the young kid. I don't know why, but I just like that. I like that. So, well, Stu, yeah. let me ask you, because you've got a diversified portfolio, some of it legal, some of it not. When <laughs> when when Tango is in prison, he's reading the stocks in the newspaper, and he goes, sugar is up. I can't believe it. Is that how stocks work? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> But it's Tango and Cash. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, <laughs> and there were so many bad lines in that movie. <laughs> but why is he concerned about the stock market, the index, sugar, and, sugar, and how do you get a newspaper? <laughs> well, how does how does this sell make it a slinky? <laughs> right. Listen, I don't want that. Exp I don't want that part ever explained to me. The fact that there was a guy with a, a human sized slinky around his head and they never explained it. I don't ever want to explain. I don't care. It was perfect. OK, uh, <laughs> like the prison scenes. Uh, there's just so many. There's so many great. Uh, there's so many. If it isn't tango, it's cash. If it isn't cash, it's tango. Jack Palance has never been better. I mean, never. He's acting his ass off. <laughs> acting his movie. ass off too. Yeah. <laughs> so but he's not like, oh, tango. I never read the exact line, but like he dances in. Yes. Takes so much <laughs> he's watching them. He's watching them on a wall of TVs. Bust, bust his different kind of drug hideouts and stuff and and he has puns for each one he says gabriel cash oh you <laughs> you, you took away 200 million dollars of my money yes. and and a ray tango you danced your way in and then tangoed out 
<laughs> you tangoed in. You took all my drugs. You tangoed back out. He's like breaking. A, he's giving you like the highlights. It's like yeah. a mean you sitting at the screen at Sports Center explaining basketball. It's like uh, he's, he's breaking down both their games. Breaking that tape. <laughs> so you got okay. So maybe you can explain this because I was creeped out and weirded out by this and really didn't know what. What was the point of the mice? Him sniffing the mice. Oh, just, I mean, right. Like every, everything in his, I think everything in his life is like an experiment, right? Like, a, like pawns in his little, in his little maze in his game, it's his world and we're all living in it. And I think, <laughs> man, are we get deep on Tango and fucking cash here, <laughs> And so he's, like, he's holding these mice and he's imagining that they're Tango and cash. <laughs> and oh, he so he wanted him. the mice to be Tango and cash? I think I think he's imagining like oh, yes. That was the original metaphor. Is he's putting them in the maze prison, oh, in the maze, right? Okay. And watching them like die, right? But then later, when he's nuzzling them and creepy, getting all horned up, I don't think they're Tango and Cash anymore. Yeah, no, it becomes. But there's a lot of like weird, like erotic scenes like that. <laughs> <laughs> you like Tango and Cash walking naked through prison together? Yeah, you know? <laughs> they had been in prison for eight minutes too. Like they just went straight to the showers. Uh, yeah, but it looked like they were going to a sauna. Like. <laughs> Uh, man, I want, I, I, and, and you wonder why I love this movie so much. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been I'll, answered. I'll, I want to circle back on, like, you, you know, we were talking about earlier if it was called Cash and Tango, would it work? And it probably wouldn't. Tango and Cash is just an, a, a cool sounding name. And earlier in the podcast, two guys, I was telling Zach that Jack Pounce was in another movie, uh, City Slickers 2, The Legends of Curly's Gold. And I submit to you, that is the coolest name for a movie ever. It's between that and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And wow. so I, I I like the name Tango and Cash. Can you think of any other movies? Doesn't matter how good or bad the movie is, just say that title, that's a cool title. Wow, that is a great question. Why why do you like that title so much, just out of curiosity? City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. I mean, it was just it, it I remember when it came out. It was 94 and I like City Slickers. It was okay. But City Slickers 2, the legend of Curly's Gold, I said, I must see this opening weekend at the theater. Rushed there to, to watch it. Just the title. And it wasn't even that good of a movie. But yeah, the title. Good one, no. um, I'm trying to think because it has that lie. It's So it's not like City Slickers, the original, was just City Slickers just without, City Slickers, yeah, 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 without yeah. anything. So that line is really what enhanced it for you. Yes. The legend um, of Curly's gold. Right, legend. Because like Scarface, I mean, like that's a great title. Like Scarface is a movie. I don't care. Like I'm gonna go see that every time. Um, but it's plain, it's simple, but you put a scar in a face. Like yeah. something bad happened. I'm <laughs> gonna see it. Where did the scar come from? Yeah. You wanna right. know? Right, exactly. Face off and con air were two that I that I put up there. Those are and Amin ones. said con air is two on the nose, which two I just thought nose. was an asinine comment. Well, I mean, why? Because you, you like you just know exactly what's going to happen. Is it's that... an airplane. It's got convicts on it. He just explained it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm off, in. Though, you like, tell me what that is. Off. I'm in. Face Wait, off but, is who's but to me, doesn't like... doesn't City Slickers 2 kind of explain? It? Yes. <laughs> We're probably no. too in depth. 
No, no, it doesn't because it's the legend of Curly's Gold. Are the legends true? I don't know. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, Blade Runner is an exceptional oh, name. That's a good name. Blade Runner is a good okay. name. Blade Runner. Like you have no idea what it is, but you just like it has so much potential. Like you know, Blade Runner would be for me. That would that's definitely one of the best movie titles ever, right? Blade Runner. Blade Runner is definitely up there. What was the sequel called? Did Blade Runner have a sequel? Twenty forty nine. I don't need the math. Oh figure out now. No, we've moved forward in time. No, so, okay. uh, here. No, but guys, you've noticed what Amin likes is he likes the title of the movie followed by some sort of lie. Like yeah. Right. Like he likes, like, I don't know, like Austin Powers. You don't like just Austin Powers. You like international man of man mystery. Of mystery. Yes. Right. Okay. What? What's what's so mysterious about this man? Let me know. Awesome Powers, the spy who shagged me. Who shagged him? I'd like to find out. <laughs> the spy did. What would be the line you put after Blade Runner? I don't even know. Now that they did. Twenty forty nine. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Blade Runner is probably. Okay. It's just got so much potential. Blade. So Runner. if it was Con Air, time to take off. No. Like you would have been in. No, because it's still the same thing. They're convicts are on an airplane. Of course, it's going to take off. That doesn't. Con Air 2, crash landing. Ooh, okay. Now you got me. Ooh, there you go. Why did, why did, why did it crash? Ooh, Where what about the movie? Very simple title, but the movie Turbulence. Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. I, I mean, listen, you're asking someone who will go see anything like that. Like, it doesn't. Executive so... decision? Oh, yes. Locks. Stock and two smoking barrels. Too long. Long lock stock, two smoking barrels. I agree. <laughs> Was City Slickers too? Legend of Curly's Gold is, isn't too long. No. Uh, I mean, it's all over the place with this. I like. I don't know. For me, I like right to the point. Like Apocalypse Now, like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like not, not Apocalypse week. Later. Yeah. No. It's, gonna, week, it's right, right now. now. It's yeah. Apocalypse. <laughs> it's now. All right. I think I got one. I think I got one. Death Warrant. Death warrants a good one because most the, warrants are just a seizure, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. What were some of the Charles Bronson movies back in the day? What Death were, Wish. Uh, no Death. Oh, Death Wish. Is Death Wish. Holy shit. Death. <laughs> I think we just booked a fourth one for Stu. <laughs> I mean, Death Wish. There's no need to elaborate. Just no. give me Death Wish. <laughs> All right. So Stu, uh, we usually we usually wrap up these things by. You know, it's called cinephobe. So phobe means you don't like the movie. File means you do like the movie. So I'm I'm assuming if we ask you phobe or file on Tango and Cash, you're a file. You love the movie. Oh, I'm a file. It's it's one of my top five files of all time. I mean, I am <laughs> I am yeah, I'm a file. I love it. it's I, I, guys. I say this seriously. I mean, knows this. Anyone on our show knows this. There is no joke. There is no bit here. Tango and Cash is one of my five favorite movies of all time. So file for me. So guys, my last question is going to be this: Tango and Cash. Everything you described is accurate and is and is very much. You watch it. These are the action movies of the '80s. We're all like this. Why don't you think they make movies like this anymore? A little Good banter, a little. I'm, I'm, well, I'm trying to think what. It's a great question. I'm trying to think what the last one of these, like something like this. Is it Fast and Furious? What is it? Like, what's what's a recent example? Yeah, Fast and Furious might be kind of the or like Hobbs and Shaw. Spencer, Hobbs and Spencer, Shaw was a lot of banter. Spencer Confidential. Oh. This movie definitely did give me Fast and Furious vibes, especially when Owen says that the souped-up Chevy has nitrous oxide equipped. Oh yeah, right. That, yeah. So, so I mean, to, to answer, I think 
they're still making them. They just advance them in terms of how they make them where they're not, they're not quite so dumb. They they've gotten a little bit, you know, there's some nuance, there's some storylines. They make you think a little bit, but this like lethal weapon, this uh, tango and cash Cobra. And that's another one. Yeah. Bring me off for Cobra. You're right. They don't really make them anymore. Uh, p- perhaps we as a country, as a nation, have gotten smarter and we reject movies like this. I am still stuck being dumb in the 80s, and therefore I love them. I don't really have a good answer as to why why they don't make them. There has to be a reason, clearly. I mean, maybe they just stopped doing well, right? Like, that would be that would be my my best guess is it wasn't a clamoring for, for, for stupidity anymore would be my best guess. No clamoring for stupidity, but there is a clamoring for stupidity. That's the Gats on that and also on the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gats every day, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. Uh, Stu Gats, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I know it's a Friday afternoon for you, so you got to hit the links. Uh, right now, yes, <laughs> right now. Uh, it's 5.08, and I will be on the uh, golf course by 5.13, okay? Attaboy. So, so in five minutes. By the way, I mean, I looked up the line. Oh, Tango, he loves the dance. He tangos in, takes all my drugs, then tangos <laughs> back out again. <laughs> hey, how about it with a fucking Oscar for that? If you <laughs> Tequila Sunrise together, then this character in the film is loosely based on Riggs. Of course. There's a lot of Riggs vibes, as we mentioned. Of course, yeah. Brian James, Breon James, whatever his name is, uh, f- who played Wrecking. It was originally a very small role with only two lines, and in an effort to give the character something that would make him stand out, James used the Cockney accent. Oh, no. Sly loved it and rewrote Ugh. the script <laughs> to give him a bigger role. Oh, no. In a 1999 interview with Lewis Paul at the Chiller Theater Convention, he said... So I get there, and I'm acting with Stallone and made my character have a Cockney accent just to add something. I said, I'm in a movie with all these guys. How am I going to chew the scenery with all these fuckers? So I created the Cockney, not just another hitman from Cleveland. They loved it. They played off of it. They got into it. So Stallone started rewriting the script. The script wasn't really ready, but they were there to go. So when you got to go, you go. The script was ready, and when it was not, he would fix it. The film was $20 million over budget, and I wound up being on the film for 14 weeks. My part went from a few days to much bigger, so I became the main bad guy and not Jack Palance. It's one of the biggest pirated videos in the history of Russia, 
There were 80,000 pirated copies. Warner Brothers was crazy not to market it properly, but the film was huge. I went to the Ukraine when I was shooting another film and I was mobbed. I was in the Black Sea and I had no idea that people even knew who I was. Jack Balance was on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, said that when he first got the script, he was really excited about doing the movie because he had three nice scenes with Stallone. But as soon as the film started filming, all the scenes were cut. And he didn't even see Stallone throughout the entire movie, he said. Which makes that last scene real confusing. <laughs> he definitely wasn't in the same place. No, he, he wasn't. He shot that house of mirrors shit by himself. And then those are Stallone's real glasses, by the way. They weren't a prop. Oh, nice. He usually wears contact lenses. The lenses show that... Uh, He's nearsighted. That's true. I do. Like, whenever I see Stallone out and about back in the day, not anymore, but back in the day, he was always wearing glasses, like when he's on Hollywood premieres and stuff. So that's dope. Technically, there were four different directors for this movie. Yes. Andre Konjvalinsky, or whatever his name is, basically got fired because he was trying to make it a much more serious tone for this movie. In his 1999 book of memoirs, Elevating Deception, Konchalovsky said that the reason he was fired was because he and Stallone wanted to give the film a more serious tone, make it more realistic than the producers wanted, especially John Peters, who kept pushing for the film to be goofier and campier. And as such, his relationship with Peters became untenable. Stallone also had the original cinematographer, Barry Sonnenfeld, who would go on to make like Men in Black and all that, Fired because he felt he wasn't being lit properly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. According to Konchalovsky, by the end of Principal Photography, Stallone was unofficially working as producer, director, and writer, as well as the star. couple things about the rock quarry scene. The infamous Bigfoot truck is in it. It just doesn't have the decals, and it's painted black. But the actual Bigfoot truck is in that scene. And then uh, the sound effect used for the souped-up whatever the hell that was. Chevy. For Tango and Cash. It's the same sound effect as Luke Skywalker's land speeder in Star yes. Wars A New Hope. I did pick up on that that sound. Like, it sounded... I, I, I heard it. I was not certain that I wasn't just my mind playing tricks on me. By the way, did you guys, do you guys know who produced this movie? Who? Peter Goober. Oh, wow. Okay. Light years ahead on this. Yes, one of the co-owners of the Golden State Warriors. My last note on this, shortly after the film was released, there was a very lethal brand of heroin being sold in the Bronx. Yes. Called Tango and Cash. <laughs> so many addicts overdosed, the NYPD was driving around neighborhoods using loudspeakers to tell them not to use the particular brand of heroin. Behind the scenes problems, including filming, script changes, and later constant cuts and re-editing of the movie, were so big and so bad that one of the more experienced crew members said in an interview, this was the worst organized, most poorly prepared film I've ever been on in my life from the day we started no one knew what the hell anyone was doing the same crew member also mentioned some reasons why director Konchalovsky was fired he found himself in over his head there were scenes scheduled for three days that were so complicated they should have been scheduled for six or seven they were trying to do a 22 week movie in 11 weeks and it was completely re-edited by editor Stuart Baird who was an editing doctor for the studio he came in and re-edited Rambo 3 as well just a big old mess Golden Dumpster nominees, Kurt Russell, Sly Stallone, Quagmire, Rakeen's Accent, Square Crow, Uncle Frank, Horny Gum Chewing Cop, and Banter. I mean, it's banter, right? Banter by Yeah, it's far. banter. Like, banter is by far the Golden Dumpster here. You want to sweep it? Sweep it! All right. Full profile. Zach. I mean, I'm riding with Stu on this one. This is a file. I don't even have to think about it. I love this movie. I always love this movie. I will always watch it if it's on. It's a file. One of the great opening scenes in action movie history. I mean, that whole thing with the truck and the gun. And, and then if you extend it out to Cash being attacked by the assassin, getting shot in the chest and still 
like takes a licking and keep on ticking. Yeah, I'm giving it a file. Maze? All right. This movie did not seem as messy as it was revealed to be behind the scenes, which I think is a testament to it because we've had some other movies that have changed hands and changed directors or and you can tell had issues with the producers and it was more obvious but this movie seems somewhat coherent there's a shitload of banter there's a shitload of set pieces and explosions the whole thing at the quarry is fucking insane it's just there's armada vehicles there's rpgs huge explosions we've got coordinated stunt flying it's not my favorite movie we've ever done but it certainly was not boring, and I will file it for the clean sweep. There it is. Like I said, it's what Cinephobe was made for. Absolutely. There's a, a certain class of movies that we've done. They hit right on, like Swordfish was like this movie. Yes. Double Impact was like this movie. Zang! Yeah. And it's like Stugat said, it's just, it's not complicated. It's explosions. It's a couple of funny lines. And it's, you know, it's action, great hand-to-hand combat. And that's all all we're looking for here. Whose pick is it next week? It is back to Zach. There's a comedy I want to do that would be a nice cleanse for us from some of the stuff we've done recently. What are you talking about? We just did a Long King Polly, which is a comedy. That's true. Okay. I guess I'm, tr- I'm really trying to super cleanse this thing. Because it got, it got dark there for a while. It got real dark there for a while. I think we've been on a heater. I don't know what you're talking about exactly. The only bad movie that we've had is the one that you picked last. So maybe redeem yourself. Which one? I Am Wrath? Yeah. That was a fantastic movie. What are you talking about? All right. All right, you (laughs) bitches. Let's see what we got here. Why don't you go ahead and cleanse it or whatever the hell you're talking about. All right. Well, okay. Now now you want to get... Now you want to get rough, huh? Oh, oh, now we got some spice. Now you oh. want to get rough, huh? Okay. Ooh, does this qualify? I don't know if it qualifies. <laughs> I got to look it up real quick. Because if it does... Oh, it qualifies. We're doing Ghost Rider. We're back in the cage, boys. You got to pay for this. It's on Netflix. You have to pay with your soul. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.